Welcome to Parenting Today's Teens, a daily podcast that provides stories, insights, and wisdom to help you gain a deeper relationship with your teen. On today's episode, Mark Gregston and Wayne Shepard outline five opportunities to make the best of the school year with your teen. Mark, look at the calendar. <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it? It's school time. It is school time, and a lot of people have been in school for a couple of weeks already. Yeah. And I thought we would spend a little bit of time saying, what are the five opportunities to make the best of the school year with your teen? And this is why it's so important. This is where the non-reality world of social media meets the reality of relationships in a public setting, okay. where the challenges of relationships, dress, academic status, appearance, and schedule begin to collide. And it could be a little overwhelming for our kids, or it could be a fresh start and leaving the past behind and figuring out what the future looks like. It can be overwhelming for parents, too. Well, it can. And one of the goals is to help your student stop being afraid of what could go wrong and help them get excited about what will probably go right. So this is an important time. It's not for time for a parent to say, okay, I'm done. I'm finished. Go back to school. Let somebody else babysit. (laughs) This is where you've got to remain involved because what will happen over the next couple of weeks will determine what the rest of the year will look like. A good start is so important, isn't it? So, Mark, let's help everyone get off on the right foot this school year. You know what, Wayne? Here's what's important about this. Kids are going back off to school, and they're going into a whole new world, and some of them are scared to death. They're going into high school. Some are scared to death about going into from middle school to a junior high or yeah, moving into leap. seventh and eighth grade. Some are going off to college, and it's, a, and it's scary. Some kids are brand new on a school, and what happens over the next few weeks will determine where they will be in their position with other kids. This is an important time. There's a group of kids that are going and going, okay, I, okay, I can do this. It's easy. But there's a majority of kids that are scared to death. And so I tell parents this all the time. I mean, if I had a nickel for every time I said it, I'd be, <laughs> I'd have millions. Set up a consistent time to be with your teen. Hmm. Spend some time with them and make it a goal to meet regularly. Maybe once a week that you say, let's go get ice cream. Let's go sit down and have a cup of coffee. Order whatever coffee you want. Let's go eat breakfast. Let's have an after-school dinner. Let's go do something, but spend some time and make sure you're keeping your finger on the pulse of your child to make sure that you know what's going on with them. Their hurts, their sorrows, their difficulty. Choose to do something that your teen likes. And it might be difficult to keep this time as the school year gets busy, but make it a high priority because you're investing in something that's really important, and that's the relationship that you have with your child. And when you do spend that time together, it's not a time for you to sit down and say, okay, now here's what I think. It's not. It, it, you, you are absolutely right. It, it's not the time for you to know, okay, I'm going to pour into you. That's not how you do it anymore. You know, what you do is you, 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 you show by example the, the life that you live before your child is, is screaming you know, to, to what a child needs and what they desire in their life. And so you spend time listening. And the key thing is to ask the right kind of questions. That's right. I mean, don't be interrogating them or, or try to get on their social networking site and try to be one of their friends. I, I'm not saying that. I'm saying you just listen to the heart of your child. That's the goal of you spending time together. And in time, over a period of time, your child will come to you and start asking you questions. If you're asking those questions that are deep to them, hey, what's the most challenging thing 
that you're facing now at school? What's the hardest thing that, uh, that you're going through? Do you see anybody else at lunch having a tough time? I mean, too many parents get in the, in the, the school year rut of asking, how was school? I, w- I would never ask that question because it really doesn't matter whether it's good or bad. Ask something a little bit deeper. Ask questions that are open-ended. They can be playful or silly. They can, you can clarify what your teen just said. Really, Now, what I heard you just say was that you're struggling at lunch or that you don't have anybody to hang That's out with. That's a good technique, are yeah. You, are you hate history? Is that what you're really saying? You may not enjoy a teacher. You may be having a tough time getting along with another student. You don't like the bus that you have to ride to school. You don't like the parking situation. The food stinks. Whatever it is, <laughs> you want to listen to their heart and see if it goes anywhere else because you, you want to kind of nip things in the bud before they get even bigger because the tendency is your child gets more active in the school year they're going to push you out a little bit more. So that's where I want to establish a place that we're spending time together. And I may encourage a child to do that. So as long as you and I are spending time together once a week and eating a meal, drinking a cup of coffee, going to McDonald's, whatever it is, I will pay for your cell phone. Hmm. And and it's just saying I'm going to encourage for that to happen. And when we do spend this time together, does it have to be super serious all the time? It doesn't. It doesn't. You know, I would plan time for play as well. I think one of the things that kids miss is just the opportunity to laugh, just to enjoy time. Your student will face all sorts of outside pressure this year. You can create an atmosphere of rest at home by planning a relaxing or or, or just a playtime kind of thing. And I'm not talking about a childish playtime. No. It may be okay for them to come home and play video games. It may be okay for y'all to sit on the back deck. It may be that you go ride a horse or you you spend some time talking. You sit on a balcony somewhere and talk. Have a, a dessert that they really enjoy. Yeah, do something they like to That's do. That's right? right. Don't sit there and give them a dessert and talk to them about becoming fat. Don't, <laughs> don't, don't tell them you need to do your homework the minute they walk in. They need a break and they need to find that in you. Just as Jesus says, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden, and you will find rest for your soul. That's what I want to be to kids. I want to be a place of rest, Mm -hmm. because that rest gives me the relationship to encourage them in other ways. They need a safe harbor like that, don't they? Well, absolutely. Yeah, let's talk about academics. Uh, Here we are at the start of a school year, and, uh, you know, parents (laughs) have pretty high expectations. We all can admit that, right? They do. You know, but only focusing on grades and demanding high ones can foster discouragement, and bitterness in your teen. Let, let me be truthful here. I When I graduated from high school, I graduated from Memorial High School in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, so we're, we can check the records. Then, that's right. Okay, you can right. go back and look. Uh, there were over 800 people in our class. Wow. I was not in the top 85% of my class. Okay. And I tell people that just to make sure that you understand that you don't have to excel in everything. Now, I went off to college. I even got admitted to law school. But there's a part of it where I go, I, you, know, you can do okay. It's not as big as you think. And for all the academicians out there that are going, I can't believe he's saying stuff like that. <laughs> My point is this, relieve the pressure and encourage learning. You know, where your child is enjoying the process and not hating it and staying up at night and 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 be sure that you, you're communicating love and approval and, and that that doesn't hinge on their GPA. I don't want to be a parent that has a child that graduates from high school and they're the valedictorian 
of their class, but yet I have no relationship with them. So somewhere along the line, I just want to say academics are important, but there's a lot of other things that are just as important. Every parent thinks they're ready. You made it through the first 12 years after all. But then your child becomes a teenager, and all of a sudden, it's like the parenting rules changed and nobody told you what they are. Your kids completely change their interests, hobbies, appearance, vocabulary, and even their priorities and values. Some parents try to power through, continuing to parent their 16-year-old the same way they parented their 12-year-old. That plan is doomed to failure. Your child is too valuable to fail them now. That's why Mark Gregson wrote Tough Guys and Drama Queens, to help parents understand the changing world of today's teens and how parents can meet the unique challenges facing their children this day and age. Tough Guys and Drama Queens is both a hard-hitting look at what makes modern teens different from any generation that's come before, and practical advice to help parents overcome today's hurdles and retain a relationship with their teens that will last into their adult years. With spiritual truth, practical insights, and proven techniques, Tough Guys and Drama Queens is a book that belongs in every parent's library. Get your copy at parentingteenresources.org. So how do we walk this balance beam? You know, because we want them to do well, to do their best. That's right. Look, I run a boarding school, and this is what I tell kids. Just do the homework that you're asked to do. That's it. Hmm. And don't study any more than that. Just do the homework. And if you'll just relax and enjoy learning. And here's the thing. The kids that I've got go to school three and a half hours a day. And they learn more in those three and a half hours than they do going to school for nine hours a day. And, and I'm not pushing and saying that you ought to do it my way. I'm not saying that at all. Yeah. But I'm saying you create an atmosphere where it's fun to learn, then kids will learn. And they'll pass the test and they'll move on and they'll, and they'll get those study habits underneath their belt. So when they do jump off to college or work or going in the service or getting married, they know how to take whatever they've learned and use it in a way that's productive that they enjoy. I want kids to enjoy mm-hmm, learning. Mm-hmm. One more thing about the start of a school year is our our teens choosing their friends at this time. Well, you know what? I, I think kids look at school as a social event and they do academics on the side. <laughs> yeah, and true. so the social aspect of it is probably the most influential more than anything else. You can stay connected and know what's going on by looking for ways to get to know your your child's friends. Invite them over. I mean, quit thinking that the mission field is only in Africa or Guatemala or wherever it is, but begin to think that it may be the kids within the scope of your child's friends, or it may be your neighborhood, or maybe that next door neighbor. Ask questions to get to know them and be be the listening ear to your teen and his or her friends, because they need a place to be heard also. Mark, as we talk about going back to school today, a couple of questions from parents. Okay <laughs> to bet. share these with you? You bet. Uh, what if my teen is lazy and only does the bare minimum? Should I require that he be involved in activity? Should I push him to get better grades than just getting by? Well, it means that your teen is exactly like I was in high school, because that's all I did was the bare minimum. Thank you for writing, uh, Mrs. Gregston. (laughs) (laughs) But here's the thing. You know, I I, I think that kids are lazy. Uh, You know, they're coming out of this selfishness, and sometimes they don't know why they're learning, and it's important for us to help them with that. And until they have that internal structure that 
that allows them to pass their grades and do well and do their best, we're going to have to set up external structure to make that happen. So that may be by giving consequences for not doing something, but also by giving rewards for doing something and completing something. Some kids, it's just a challenge because they hate school, and you can do whatever you want. They're not going to like it anymore. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to I want them to finish, and I want them to graduate so they can move on. Should I require they be involved in activities? Early on, yes. Later on, no. Let them make the choice That's right, Mm -hmm. because I want them to start making choices. I don't want to have a senior in high school that I'm telling that has has to go to band or I love band. Don't hear that. But I mean, but I go, I, I was in band. So be that's careful. right. I mean, it's wonderful. Should I push him to do better, better grades? Well, absolutely. But not let that be the focus of our relationship. The problem with pushing a child to do better in school it becomes a problem when there's no relationship with the child or there's no conversation outside of the focus of just academics. You know, sometimes parents are more concerned about the condition of academics than they are of their child's heart. And their child's heart may be falling apart. And when you're pushing academics, you're saying that's more important than you. And that's not. What's more important here is the child. You know, and you teach them the value of good work, the value of a dollar, and what it's like to to have to pour yourself and accomplish something. I guarantee you that grades will take care of themselves. Here's another question. It's a good one. My teen is headed to a new school. How can I make the transition as smooth as possible? Hey, when I moved to Texas 30 years ago, my daughter was in the seventh grade, my son in the fourth grade. They were new schools in the middle of the school year. Both of them cried every day. So my wife would pick up my son, I'd pick up my daughter. Then the next day I'd pick up my son, she would pick up my daughter. I mean, and we just rotated. And what we did was go spend time with them and sit and talk and make sure that they're doing okay. It's it's a hard transition, breaking into a new social setting. The academics isn't the issue. It's more about social. So, so I would tell people, do things to, to, to promote relationships with other people. It's getting involved in a church, doing activities outside of that the younger they are, whether it be scouting or girl, whatever it is. And I mean, just something where they're involved, promoting them to go on youth trips and, and engaging with other people, with neighbors. And they'll, they'll eventually find their way. You talked earlier about creating a place of rest at home. Here's a parent says, can I still require chores from my team? Absolutely. Absolutely. But, you know, here's the problem with chores is that when a parent's always correcting a child and telling them what they're doing wrong, how they need to do it better, and this is what you need to make it look like. You know what? If I do a chore, it's going to be an A level. It may be okay for your child to do it at a B level. You know, they, they need to feel a sense of accomplishment. They need to feel that, that they're doing a good job and that it's a worthy job, not just something to pass time just for the sake of doing chores. Make sure it's meaningful. Thanks for listening to Parenting Today's Teens. For more information, visit ParentingTodaysTeens.org. And to learn more about Heartlight, visit HeartlightMinistries.org. If this podcast has been helpful in your life and family, please share it or give us a quick rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Of course, you can listen to Parenting Today's Teens wherever you listen to podcasts. Join us tomorrow for another great episode. We'll talk to you then.